to season two, episode number four of What's Princess? I'm Shelly. I'm Bianca. And I'm Deanna. Here we come together to serve the brew. Back like we never left. We I got that from you last time. You're making me cool. I know. It's like, she always tells <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> I definitely do. We are back for another great episode. Yeah, we uh, definitely had a great time discussing our last one. Tell us more, guys. What did yes, you guys take did, away? We did some girl talk. I took away um, dates until you find your person. That is facts. I, I like that one. Man. Um, <laughs> I, I took away... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got some interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask point to Diana, but we'll give her a break today. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. You don't have to take it easy on me just because <laughs> of oh, our special guests. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. okay. They won't, they won't, um, they won't get me for having that. I'm I'm a married woman, so it's okay. My single girls can't have whips. <laughs> don't, don't look at me differently. Okay? You know, I'm just out here trying to live right. But anyway, yes, that's our takeaways from last episode. And yeah, we had a lot of fun. We talked about a lot of different people. And I guess, you know, celebrities are just like us, you know. They go through the same things that we go through. And yeah, it was fun discussing those people, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, it was definitely fun for our viewers as well to get some hot topics and not just celebrity, but things that are going on, you know, around us. Um, So we'll definitely bring you guys more. Absolutely. So what do we have coming up today? Today, we have some very special guests. They're my spiritual leaders, Apostle Eric Harris and Pastor Lisa Harris. And they're just going to, you know, share their life experiences with us to help our audience live fearless, I mean, yeah, fearlessly and faithfully. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's uh, kick their intro. Apostle Eric Harris and Pastor Lisa Harris are the leaders and founders of Temple Deliverance Life-Changing Ministry, located at 1053 North Cosner in Chicago, Illinois. Together, this dynamic duo has been ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ for well over 20 years. Not only do they talk the talk, they absolutely walk the walk. When their own life challenges rise up, their faith rises up even stronger. They both have detailed their experiences in books titled God's Prescription for Healing and Faith in My Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, Apostle Eric and Pastor Lisa Harris. Welcome. How are you? Hello. How are you guys? Good. We are so happy to have you. Thanks for having us. Yes, they've been, you know, like a great part of my life for the last 20 years. So, yes, they're wow. more than just my spiritual leaders. They're like family. Yes. 20 uh, years. That's a long time. That's dedication. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So before we get into today's to, into the topic of the day, we always like to do a few icebreakers just to get everybody warmed up, loosened up, and you know learn some off-key things about each other. So with that, uh, we'll go around and each of us will answer the question. So the first question we have is, uh, what was your least favorite food as a child? And do you still hate it or do you love it now? Wow. I would say my least favorite. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys go first. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, you go, Bianca. On me? Yeah. Uh, beets. It would have to be beets. Yeah. Do you I still hate it? Absolutely. I, I, I want to like them. I really want to like them, but I just can't do it. I love beets. Wow. I just yeah, oh yeah, that's 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 an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I love beets, but I've learned to tolerate them. There's there's definitely something that Pastor Lisa put into my diet. <laughs> I, I, I had a bad experience. I went to a relative's house and I was ten, and they had them and they tried to force me to eat them. And they were like, you're not going to leave this table until you finish eating them. But they don't know me because I'm the person I will sit there until tomorrow. <laughs> I will just be there. So I did. Um, and I didn't eat them. So there's that. <laughs> Bad little girl. What about you guys? What about the, the pastor and apostle? Wow. Mine is chitterlings. Um, oh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I know what I met Apostle and we Midlands. went to his house. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they had. And I go, oh, I don't eat those. Yeah. <laughs> and I still have not gotten used to it. I don't think I will. They're stinky to the last drop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> smell. I couldn't get past the smell. So Exactly. <laughs> well, mine is... Uh... And still is the macaroni and cheese. Oh God, no! Really? And my mom would tell us, "Listen, you can't go outside until you finish all your food." So I sit there like I got a basketball game. I gotta go. And my mm. brother was like, "Well, if you give me a quarter, I eat them for you." So he was rich, <laughs> <laughs> and he would eat my macaroni. But I was able to go outside, and to this day, can't do it. Wow! I think I have to ask follow-up questions. So, do you eat cheese? It depends on what I mean on cheese pizza with sausage, uh, lasagna. Oh, yes, um, yeah, but macaroni, not mac and cheese. Wow, <laughs> so you eat cheese and pasta together, but not mac and cheese. Yes, okay, that is a first. <laughs> that is new. I've never met a macaroni cheese non-lover <laughs> for me it was dumplings i don't understand them i don't know why my mom made them she's such a great cook but every time she would make dumplings i would be like why oh, i love them for me <laughs> it is <laughs> for me it's okra and i still don't like okra but i'm willing to try uh i think tabitha brown has pickled okra and she said it's not slimy so i'm willing to try yes. that I'm willing to try it, but otherwise, the slime for me is a no. 
<laughs> well, come on back because I happen to have some. Oh, okay. All right. And I they are not it. slimy, but I think um, okra is an acquired taste. I really yeah. wanted to like them. But <laughs> <laughs> you tried, but you don't like it. <laughs> you know, okra is furry. So I don't understand oh, why. Oh, it's furry too? I don't know. Yeah. It's like weird do to me. <laughs> the outside of okra is weird <laughs> to me. I just don't like it. It's plain. Too slimy for me. Yeah. I like okay. Oh, I, don't know. I don't know if I could do furry and slime. <laughs> well, it didn't have slime. It doesn't have slime. Oh. <laughs> and it actually tastes kind of okay. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. So you might actually enjoy it. Okay. We'll see. All right. The next question What is your favorite time of day and why? Like morning, noon, or night? I have two favorite times of the day. The afternoon, um, that's just like the middle of the day where I can catch up on some things that I didn't get to do in the morning, and then I still have the rest of the day. But then I'm also a night owl, too. I like to be at work when everyone else is asleep. And I think I'm more, even more productive at that time, too. Cool. I think afternoon, because I'm awake. <laughs> in the morning at six o'clock, I'm still asleep. Then yep. in the evening, when I get home, it's over. So afternoon, yeah, everything is bright. I have 700 kids making noise in school. I'm wide awake. Okay, Shelly, how about you? Um, when I get off work, whatever time that is. <laughs> <laughs> Quitting time, yeah. Quitting time, yeah. That and in the mornings when it's quiet, I can, you know, be creative and design and all that good stuff. So, yeah, in the mornings and, and it's soon after work. Okay, Bianca. My favorite time of the day depends on the season. So, in like spring, summer, I love early mornings where I could just go walk around outside. Um, but definitely after I get off work. <laughs> Favorite time of the day. Hands down. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> well, I'm definitely a night owl. I like the the late night hours. Um, I feel more productive at night as well. I even like to drive at night versus during the day, which everybody thinks is crazy. But like the sunlight makes my eyes hurt. It makes me sleepy, but I feel like I, I see better than dark and I'm more productive when it's dark and late. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. But yeah, let's see. Next, uh, if you had to teach a class on one thing, what would it, what would you teach? Hmm. Really I would say the uh, Van Pastoring, I have a Bible college here at Temple Deliverance. Uh, my favorite is to teach who is who in the Bible. We mm -hmm. talk about Peter, James, and John, but that's like hundreds of people that we never talk about. And from A to Z, there's so many people that were so productive in helping us learning the Word of God, uh, names that you would never think of um, that's important may not be, have been a popular, but very effective um, in teaching us the word of God. So I would teach who is who. Like one would say, I would teach the class that had maybe 10 to 20 people in the Bible whose name started with an A. 
which you had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And what be all, all the way up to Z. And you'd be amazed all the people that you can learn from in the Bible who may not have been popular, but really effective. That's really, really good. Yeah. So if I had to teach a class, I think it would be being true to yourself, knowing yourself, because a lot of people, they can grow up and just being in the atmosphere of what people saying that they think they should be, or you know how you grow up and go, oh, she's going to be a great this, or they're going to be a great that. And then you like formulated this other person in your mind of who you are, and that's not you. So I think if, to know yourself and be true to yourself, you have that character, then you cannot be persuaded that, you know, oh, well, I had in my mind to do this, but, you know, my aunt always told me that I was going to be this when I get a certain age. So now you're trying to live up to what someone is calling you to be, and that's not the true you. And then you lose yourself. Yeah, I like that class. Those <laughs> <laughs> with my no class, <laughs> Yeah, Bianca. Oh, guys, I don't know. <laughs> I've been thinking about this question. Um, come back to me. Okay, Shells. Um, I went to the class on change and how change is it's good. Change is a great thing. I think. People tend to, to panic when something changes, mm-hmm. um, but I tend to get more excited about it because it change typically happens when it's necessary, you know, um, or maybe to make something better. Uh, so I would teach people that change is a is a great thing. Mm-hmm. I like it. it's inevitable. Yeah, uh, Bianca, you ready, or you want me to go? No, go ahead, girl. Okay. Um, I think I would teach a class on budgeting and financial literacy and, you know, how to make the most of your money. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay, Bianca, so about you. Guys, I sit on that. I'm over here, like, decorating. Y'all are like, got some deep answers. We need decorators. Yeah, we need something to look at. Like home entertaining, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good one. That is. All right, good. That, that's where I answered She's I'm like, move on. <laughs> okay, we'll go to the next question. Uh, would you rather, um, if you had to, if you had the ability to time travel, would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or travel to the future to meet your descendants? Wow, I think I can answer that off back. I think I would rather travel back in time to meet my ancestors because some of the things that happen in life, you kind of figure out, well, where did this come from? You, 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 you know, and you kind of want to backtrack. And then when you ask sometimes your parents or grandparents, they don't know. They go, oh, I kind of think it was your uncle or your dad. On this, you, you know, so I think I would rather travel back in time. Yeah. Okay. Apostle? Wow, that's good. Um, <laughs> I probably would want to see meet my descendants because I want to know what they look like. <laughs> I want to be able to talk to them, say, hey, you know, just uh, see how my seed have produced and grown and see what they became become after maybe 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. 50 years. Uh, that would be interesting to see my great great grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shelly, what do you think? Um, I'm gonna go with um, 
ancestors too because I do want to understand some things, meet some family members that I wish that I would have met. Um, so I think I would go back. Okay. My my immediate answer would be neither because I think. <laughs> I think about the butterfly effect. What if you go back and change something that shouldn't have been changed and you end up not existing? Yeah. Um, but if I have to answer, I would <laughs> definitely like choose my ancestors. If I could just, you know, I, I want to see what life was like for them and, you know, see what they look like. So yeah. <laughs> I was like that that question was hard for me. I'm like I could see the beauty in both directions, but I think I would probably meet my ancestors too. Like um I would want to know some of the stories that I don't fully know like mm -hmm. the the life and times of people that were deceased before I was born and yeah. and nobody right really wants to tell you the full story. So yeah. All, all of the above. <laughs> I'm nosy, so I want to know all the answers about all the old things, but I wouldn't want to change anything. So yeah, I just want to know. Kinda. Yeah, I just want to be like a fly on the wall type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Missing parts. Yeah. Parts. Yeah. But you don't need to know that part. Right. <laughs> Untold stories. Yeah. 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 Um, and then that's the next question, would you rather live where it only snows or the temperature never falls below 100 degrees? Well, y'all already know what my answer would be. <laughs> <laughs> live in a place where it snows every single day or in a place where it never falls below 100 degrees? Hmm. I hate snow. <laughs> <laughs> Give me 100. <laughs> wow. Can I go in between? <laughs> I don't like the snow. Um, I think I, you know what? Okay, I'll deal with the temperature. I think I can deal with the temperature better than the snow. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to agree as well. Yeah. Same here, because you can yeah. go inside in this air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't, I have no interest in snow. None whatsoever. I don't even know why I'm still here. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think we're all jaded. No. Right. Yeah. Huh? I can take the cold temperature as long as it doesn't snow. You know, I'm no longer even interested in that. I used to say that. No longer interested here. <laughs> right. Every winter, I'm like, why do we live here? But yeah. 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 And it's why funny, you work with, they say, well, I just come, I, I used to live here in Chicago. I moved to Florida. I came back. What? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no. I back. <laughs> yeah, I think if I ever leave, I might not come back. There's <laughs> a lot of beauty in Chicago. That That's, that's the only thing that kind of holds me back like there's no other city like yeah. our no. um as much as we want to leave like where are we gonna go that's gonna have great food all the type of i mean i guess you could find different cultures everywhere but it's just i don't know it's a different type of city um versus others but um i think i i would be okay coming back to visit um and staying somewhere warm yeah 
think we could definitely do the snowbird thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> go south for the winter. Yeah. Last question. Yeah. Would you rather visit a volcano or a rainforest? I'm going to say a rainforest. I can always carry an umbrella around with me. <laughs> sure. A volcano, I would just be so uncomfortable. Just, yeah. I could sleep in that. <laughs> rainforest. <laughs> I'm, I'm with I'm my wife. Rain. I, I put the boots on, umbrella, whatever. The thought of lava, no way. <laughs> no. Well, we didn't necessarily specify whether or not it was an active volcano. Well, active, not active. We go right when it's like, oh, it's time to uh, <laughs> rain falls with no rain. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's only for a visit, too. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think I would do the rainforest. You know, even though there's a lot of little creatures and critters in the rainforest. Um, you know, my immediate answer is neither. Um, because of that, I have no interest in the animals of the rainforest. Being up close, like, I don't want an orangutan swinging over my head and snakes. Like, no. <laughs> but neither is not an option. Okay, uh, then I would have to choose the rainforest. I'd rather take my chances with the rainforest than lava, I, I guess. <laughs> When we come to the topic of uh, putting your faith over your fears, um, I think, you know, for most of us, it's easy to um, say we have faith and, you know, be strong in our faith when we're not faced with things that challenge our faith. So <laughs> um, how or what would be um, your advice to still, you know, keep your faith up? and strong when life challenges, you know, do arise. Well, I do want to start off saying that with, with fear, um, it's normal. <laughs> it's a normal part um, of our life. And the thing is with fear is that I think when we get to the point where we do not let um, fear control us, um, we have to get past that. But fear, it's, it's, it's normal because sometimes people will have to uh, come up against a little fear in order for them to do something, <laughs> to give them that that little push. Um, and just like I say, it's just a normal part of our our human, our genetic makeup is to be to have that fear, but just don't let that fear begin to control you. And the thing is with um, living, having a faithfully fearless life is that I think it, you have to choose. It's a choice that you have to make with faith over fear. And yes, it, it's going to be complicated at times, but um, in the midst of it being complicated, if we continue just to push beyond the fear, then faith will then override. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Is there a time when you were faced with fear and, and what was that fear and how did you come, overcome it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. yeah. Uh, let's see. Several times um, my... Um, our, our middle child was um, was born at home. Oh, wow. <laughs> so so uh, 
faith had to override fear there because as I'm going through the motions of telling my husband it's time for the baby and he's like, no, we're getting ready to get in the car and go to the hospital. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> so that was a time <laughs> when faith had arrived and while the paramedics are trying to locate the house, um, my son is born. So yeah, <laughs> that was that was a good time when faith had to arrive um, over the fear. Um, my husband, he's a three-time cancer survivor. So faith definitely had to rise over and over and over again each each time. Um, just from, yeah, each time. Going back to what, what my wife was talking about, our middle son, it was so fun. It wasn't funny. It was frightening <laughs> when she <laughs> says, uh, okay, we're going to have him right now. And I'm like, no, we're not having him right now. We're going to go to the hospital. I'm calling. So I'm heading to the get our things and she's pinching me and grabbing me. No, stay here. I'm like, no, I'm gonna get our things together. And when fear strikes like that, you have to listen to someone who's have more power than you. And she had more being a registered nurse. She knew what to do, how to do it. And so what gave me strength and, and, and it over fear is listen and do exactly what she say do. And that gave me the, I had confidence in her all the time, but um, that fear was there. No way. I've never seen this happen before. I've never experienced it before. We're going to the hospital. But again, having faith in the person that you are with, uh, her experience and everything else that overshadowed the fear. Uh, and that's like everything else in our life when it comes down to sickness. Uh, she mentioned that there was uh, we had I've had. I'm a three-time cancer survivor. And when you first hear the diagnose, uh, yeah, that thing would like really rock you a little bit. And then I got to remember, God, did not give me the spirit of fear or, or, or the spirit of timidity, but uh, power, uh, discipline, and with a sound mind. So you immediately go into what the word of God says, and you choose to trust what God says. And so, uh, yeah, the word of God itself, you got to know the word. I mean, I have five, we deal with five different points I wanted to talk about, but just knowing the word, knowing what God's word is and trusting it. Yes. Um, I would say, you know, I know personally that Pastor Lisa is like always cool, calm, collected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Is that by you know, nature or do you behind closed doors get scared? <laughs> like, do you have to be strong for everyone? No, no, it's, it's. A little both. The majority is by nature. Um, but I did in, in my book that I had written, um, I actually talk about it where there's there's several times where faith, um, it was like, where is my faith? Because fear just over um, just like stood out and um, fear just overwhelmed me. I was consumed by that fear. And like I said, fears, that was my my natural side of me. That was my flesh, you know, and I just had to choose that. I wasn't going to let this fear, which we always, which we would hear false evidence appearing real, you know, so what I'm looking at is that, you know, it, it's very frightening. Um, and in the natural, you, what do you do? Your body mechanism, it causes you to react to that. So whether that may be for some, where they're having palpitations for some, they're having anxiety attacks, all of that's real. But in the midst of that, how do you take control of that fear? How do you get to the point where you don't let that fear overwhelm you. So yes, there's been times where the fear just overwhelmed me. It consumed me, but then I had to say, wait a minute, 
who's in control? I had to start thinking, you know, you know, Lisa, you're in control. You know, start thinking positive things of the situation, although it's not looking, you know, the brightest at the moment, you know, and then having God in my life. Okay. He has to trump it all. But yes, there's been several times and even times when um, my husband was going through the sickness where fear just overtook me for that moment. And then I said, okay, it's like, snap out of it. You, you know, snap out of this, get out of this fear and that let faith arise. Yes. Um, you said you have five points to give us. You want to give us the first point? Sure. Uh, the first point uh, is know God's word. I remember early on in, in pastoring, I learned the question I would ask to the members of the church, you know God, I would say, you know God as much as you know his word. Uh, you trust God as much as you trust God's word. Um, you love God as much as you love God's word. So uh, knowing God's word, and I'm not just saying a scripture here or there, but knowing actually what God's word says. And that means being disciplined, reading the word uh, daily. We, the scripture says, give us this day our daily bread. Reading it every day, not when things happen, not because you know you're in fear. Just read it every day. And then when things come up, the word God's come back up to lift up a standard against it because now you have it inside of you. It's almost like saying to you, um, the Holy Ghost will bring all things to your remembrance. You heard that statement before? Mm -hmm. Well, it will if you have it in your memory. Right. <laughs> you download it and mm -hmm. you put the scripture in, it'll come up. But nothing from nothing leaves nothing. So if you don't have it in you, it's impossible for it to come up out of you. Uh, but yeah, the first one was know God's word. It's imperative that we know what the word of God says about our situation. Whatever situation you're going through, find the word concerning that. And then know that he, he's not a man that he shall lie. That whatever he says, he's going to manifest it. Trust his word over everything that you're dealing with. And there's a word. There's a scripture for everything in your life. And so get the word of God. Put the word of God in it. Um, I worked in hospital pharmacy for years making medication and so on and so forth. So our book that I've written was God's prescription for healing. You know, you take your medication three times a day as needed for pain, for instance. Well, take the word of God. Okay, Lord, I'm not taking this ampicillin. I'm taking your word. Not to say don't take your medicine, but in the mm -hmm. when you're going through, take the word of God three times a day or as needed. And so the word of God is medicine to our flesh. And so what you do is just take it. Uh, some my wife loves her supplements and her vitamins. I don't do it, but I try. And she do it all the time. She's very faithful with it. Well, word of God the same way. Keep taking it. Uh, I'd rather take the word of God and have the word of God in me. Uh, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it, don't have it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that goes back to your importance on learning those verses that aren't the popular ones. Exactly. Because um, I think sometimes people tend to lean on those that they know and don't rely on what they maybe haven't read or what's not the most popular. Exactly. And you could probably pull from something, you know, from there. Mm -hmm. So absolutely right. I'm going to be studying my Bible more often. <laughs> and, and just to add with that, not only just um, the word of God, which we, we definitely need to uh, override that fear, but even just speaking positive things about yourself. Yeah. You, you know, because you don't want to let fear immobilize you. 
because that's what happens sometimes. We let fear immobilize us. We're we're going um, up for a particular position. We have to go for an exam. And what do we do? You know, we let fear immobilize us. But start thinking of the positive things. I I can do this. You, you know, um, I can make this. I, um, I've been I've been studying for this. I've I've made it. I I'm equipped for this. I have the skills for this. So just start speaking positive things. And I think when we continue to speak the positive things. Um, about ourselves, that helps the fear to be lessened. That helps the fear to be gone. Tell yourself you can do it. You can make it. You know, family members or friends may say, oh, you'll never be able to do this. They, someone may have said, oh, you'll ne never be able to start the business you did. But look, look at you, look at you ladies now. <laughs> You've done it. So speaking those positive right. things, that, that helps a lot as well. Yes, thank you. And I can definitely say, you know, um, when I got my own diagnosis, like Pastor Lisa was one of the first people to know. Um, <laughs> and she was able to help me immediately be calm about it, to be clear and to be calm. Um, one of the first things she said to me was, it's okay. Like, we got this. <laughs> we, we've been here before. We know what to do. Um, you know, because her and Apostle have been through it together. Um, so I definitely, though, like looked at their example of how to deal with a diagnosis. Apostle was very transparent with what he was going through with the congregation. Um, he kind of, you know, told us what to expect as far as physical changes that he was experiencing, but he still, you know, showed up every Sunday um, while going through it, like kind of also saying to sickness, like, if if you're going to be here, we're going to praise the Lord, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. in sickness and in health. And um, that was very helpful to me before I even knew that I would need that, you know, encouragement or inspiration. Um, and his initial diagnosis was colon cancer, which ran heavy in my mom's family. And everybody in my mom's family that was diagnosed with colon cancer didn't make it. So he was like the first person that I saw with the diagnosis and come through it. So like all while he was going through it, I was like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> champion for him to, and I was saying like, God, we need to see this. We need to see this go another way. Like we've only seen one outcome with this diagnosis. So um, it was, it was encouraging and inspiring, you know, before I even had my own diagnosis, just to see him go through never, you know, doubt his ability or God's ability to bring him through it and, you know, continue to be the the leader and the, the you know, at the face of the church. So thank you for <laughs> your transparency and your uh, just, you know, being you and all the things that you are and the two and the two of you together, you know, continuing um, and never wavering in your faith. So we're proud of you and your faith. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I learned from the best. So. <laughs> um, um, you want to give us your second point? Second one. Second point is have faith in God's word. Um, especially if you are a believer in Christ, have faith in God's word. Um, and then you'll find also for those who are not believers in Christ, when they come to a situation or a, or a circumstance, they're going to, some will have that faith or they're going to believe and they're going to say, well, what is this about your God, about your Jesus? You, you know, you get to a place where you want to be encouraged 
encouraged to no matter what situational circumstance you're going through, you want to be encouraged. And the and word that we're going to say to encourage is to have faith in God's word. You know, just like if someone always saying bad things about you, you get to the point where you begin to believe the bad things and you begin to believe that you are whatever they saying you are. So if you are to have faith in God's word, God's word gives nothing but promises, nothing but blessings, nothing but good things. So have faith and continue to say those words, because as you continue to say those words, now you're going to become a part of those words. You're going to believe those words. He said, I'm more than a healer. Okay. He said, healing is the children's bread. God, you heal me. He said in his word that when you're weak, he's strong. God, I'm not feeling good right now. Or this situation, I don't understand and I'm weak at it. You know, he's giving you strength. So I think when you surround yourself with the word, with the word of God, that begins to push down faith, just like a balance, you know, a, a balance scale. You have faith over here and fear over here. But once you constantly putting up God's word, constantly putting up things that's positive, it's going to outweigh that fear that's now beneath you. The Bible says faith come by what? Hearing. Hearing. Not heard at one time, but keep hearing. Keep hearing. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Each time you hear the word, it should build your faith. And you keep feeding it. I heard a, a, a believer say years ago, if you feed your faith, you'll starve your doubt. You keep feeding your faith. Feed yourself the word of God. And then get the word of God. And then trust God's word. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. In, the Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. So as we know God and know that he is in the beginning, and everything was through his faith, everything he said was through faith, he wants us to have the same thing. He wants us to copy him. He wants us to, to imitate him uh, and have faith in everything he says. Trust what he says in his word over everything else. And that was the part that really was, uh, I won't say a challenge because uh, he said, I set before you life and death. That's what the Bible says. He said, now I'm going to give you the answer. He said, choose life. Mm-hmm. And you have a choice to choose life. And so I chose life. Okay. So how do you choose life? Choose his word. And meditate on his word and have faith in it. Well, if your word says this, you said heaven and earth will pass away for any of my word change. Wow. So I said to God, okay, Lord, today is uh, Wednesday, uh, a Monday. Uh, if I live to see tomorrow, I got a good chance of getting out of this because your word did not lie. And so heaven and earth didn't change. Heaven and earth didn't pass away. So that means your word is concrete. Your word is it's true, and I hold on to it. And what happens is, through fear, if we quickly talk about um, Peter, you know the whole story about him getting out of the boat. People mm-hmm. laughed at him and thought he was crazy. Mm-hmm. Peter, what are you doing? No one ever done that before. Fear is doing something you have never seen anybody else do. Like you lady started a business. I, I'm quite sure people had, there was doubters. Say. Mm-hmm. People had something to say and um, about what you lady was doing, and you have to come together, Get be around positive people, mm-hmm. be around people who will encourage you. Um, you remember the story when Mary went to Elizabeth's house in the Bible? And the Bible said Elizabeth, Mary went to her to tell Elizabeth about that she had the Savior being born inside of her. And the Bible said Elizabeth, baby, inside of her leaped mm-hmm. excitement about the good news. And I always tell the members of Temple Deliverance, our family, hang around people who make your baby leap. When you tell them about something wonderful, hang around people who get excited about what you get excited about. 
And so the word of God is the same way. Get excited about what God has already said. He said, I mean, he, nothing's going to change. His word's not going to change. So if he promised you something, the Bible said all the promises of God in him is yes and amen. Wow, I get a yes from God? And that's the reason to get excited. And so having faith in everything he says, as opposed to what the devil says. My next question can kind of go along with what you just said, but you can expound on it if you like. Um, what truth about God gives you the courage in the midst of fear? What truth about God? Well, you know what? I've seen him do it before. Mm -hmm. I've seen him do it in others, but I also seen him do it in my own life. Mm -hmm. And so because I've seen him do it, a lot of times people will say, well, uh, no one in your family ever had a mansion or never started a business or never came out of a, a, a situation like that. Uh, well, yeah, but if I see someone or if I heard it, my faith increased. You mean, well, I never had it, never experienced no one started a business or whatever. But if I seen someone else, my attitude has always been God has no respect to person. And when we pray, we say our father. As a little kid, I was always say, my dad would say, if I bring something home for one child out of the six brothers, make sure you bring something home for everybody, not just mm -hmm. one. So my attitude is, and if I say our father, that means he's mine too. So rather than get upset or jealous of someone else, know that your father had no respected person and his desire is to be a blessing. So when I see someone else blessed, I get encouraged by it because I know that my father is still working. If I see someone being healed, I get excited because I know my father is still working. If I see God, someone made provision for, I can get excited because now uh, it lets me know my father is still working. I always say as, as a pastor is when you see someone else being blessed, that means God is next door. Yeah. He's right next to you. If you see someone being healed, then you ought to know within yourself, wow, I'm excited. He must be next door. He must be close to me. Uh, so that helps me. Have you guys always had this faith? Like, how, how did you develop it? Been in church all our life. I mean, and, not, and, I, and I say this all our life. You can be in church all your life and not have faith. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to sound kind of weird, but trials and tribulations come to make you strong. Mm -hmm. You heard it before. Mm -hmm. And once you go through trials enough and God bring you through it, that's enough to build your faith. And they almost prepare you for the next situation that comes up. Because now you go back, and I always talk about in our church, remember the Passover. Not the Passover of the uh, unleavened bread, but remember what God did yesterday. And they get excited about what he did yesterday that will build your faith up for today. So someone said, well, uh, they laid us off, and they had to turn around the job, and they closed everything down. But if you can remember about four years ago, it was God who gave you the job in the first place. And if he did it then, get excited because he's going to do it again. I think I heard my sister, um, what's her name, next to D? Uh, Shelly. Shelly. Yeah. <laughs> get, about mm -hmm. to get excited, say, for instance, about a new job, new experience, mm -hmm. rather than have fear. Because, I mean, I experienced on different jobs, working in the hospital, pharmacy, or even school, the challenge of difference, the fear of I might not fit, the fear of, uh, uh, whatever starting, you over. starting starting over exactly, and then I can get excited and go like, you know what? This come this gonna be fun. This gonna be gonna be interesting, and so 
uh, shake that fear and start thinking positive about and get excited about what's coming. God I, think never it's amazing. I think a lot of people have bits of like I, I didn't grow up in church and church kind of found me much later in life. Mm -hmm. So um, I was able to pull some things, though, positivity, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. always trying to smile and make people around me happy. I think that's the beautiful thing about God, where it's like you may not walk somebody else's path, but he's going to give you something that you might need that can help someone else or that yep. can help yourself right. pull through it. I think knowing the word, though, kind of increases your ability to kind of have that stronger faith to begin yeah. with. So because you guys know it, you're able to say, you know, you, you lean on his word before the fear overtakes you. Um, I want to help people that don't that maybe in my stage or have no connection with God. Um, right. What would you tell a non-believer, um, you know, about faith and, and being fearless? Like, how do you walk someone uh, towards the path of God's word? I would say that um, when you're having that fear, um, I mentioned earlier, where it's like a false evidence appearing real. So what you see is not the um, reality. What you see, it is not the actual, um, it, it's a fact. Um, just like you received a diagnosis from the doctor or you received a, um, the layoff notice from your job. It's a fact that it very well is happening, but then you have to let truth you know, override that. And truth is saying that, you know what, I, I, I can get another job. I can do better than that. Truth is saying that, well, and, and, and the Bible says that he's a healer and he can heal me. So we have to let our, your, your faith and what faith is, it's, it's you hoping for something to come to pass. <laughs> so you, when you, you're hoping for something come to pass now, it may look dark at the moment. Um, but I'm hoping that there's um, going to be light at the end. It may be looking dark at the moment. I don't, I just was laid off this job, but I'm hoping that if I put another resume here, I'm hoping that if I go do the work here, that I can get this job. So even if you don't know, um, have Christ in your life where you have that faith, but you're hoping for something to come to pass. So in the midst of you being fretful over something, there's always a part of you that you feel on the inside that well, I'm hoping it's going to work for my good. You know, I'm hoping something's going to come. And then you know what? When you're in this moment of darkness, you always are in the moment where, you know what? I want to see how I'm going to get out of this. I want to see what's going to come to pass, whether that's you being encouraged by a positive word. You may get on the phone with your friend saying that, you know, you can do this or it's going to be OK. We, we, we're going to get through this together. And I think when you have that collaboration, when you have others around you to help get you through that, that pushes you, that makes you want to know, I, I want to know what it's going to be like on the other end. I want to know what it's going to be like on the other side. Uh, it's not going to be like this always, you, mm -hmm. you know, let, let's, you know, let, let's find some ways to come up out of this. So just that collaboration where you're able to push beyond that. As you mentioned uh, earlier about, you know, non-believers, mm -hmm. uh, Rick, I, I got to use scriptures for almost everything. And when Peter was on the ship and the ship was torn apart and it was wrecked and they had some of them swam across and some on broken pieces. They got on the other side of the uh, the water. They were shipwrecked. Peter was washing this. I mean, Paul was uh, drying his hands off and a viper came out and bit his hand. Now, mind you, if he bites his hand, his hand's supposed to swell, his body's supposed to swell, he's supposed to swell up and then die. People are going to watch you while you're going through stuff. The non-believers and believers, they're going to watch you. The Bible says, 
Paul looked at the situation and he shook it off. All right. And so, and, and that was, there was some saying, oh yeah, he got, he was shipwrecked. Uh, he was at sea. He swam across. Uh, he got, he went through that storm. He went through this storm. He went through being shipwrecked and getting through on broken pieces. But this viper is poisonous. And he's not going to survive this. There are people watching how you handle what you go through. It don't have to be sickness. It can be a financial situation. It can be whatever, your children, your spouse. And the non-believers will watch how you handle it, and it will help them build their faith up when their situation comes up. And it always, it doesn't necessarily have to deal with, deal with scriptures or the Bible and God, but they'll read you. They'll read how you react. They'll read how you handle situations. And they're going to like, wow, you know, how did you handle the situation? And there you go. You know what? It was God. Having him in my life, um, I often say you can be the people who will never probably ever read the Bible, but they'll read how you handle stuff. They'll read how you handle situations. And you handling the situation in front of them shows them the faith that they need. And then they're going to ask the question, how do you get this? Then now you can go into uh, sharing with them how you got the faith. Yeah. And this is every day. This is not like a one-day thing. Your faith will be challenged daily. Mm-hmm. Daily. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, apostle, woman of God, bishop, whatever, evangelist. Your faith can be challenged every day. That's why it's imperative that we do consume ourselves with the word of God daily um, in order to have some some strength to fight off what's coming in our direction. The Bible says that uh, a man born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. We're going to have situations, like Pastor said, it's inevitable. You're going to have situations come up. Well, what do you do? How do you handle it? And so people are going to watch. They're going to watch how on your job, if things happen where there's a layoff, everybody's starting to panic. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to trust God like I always do. And they go like, well, you, you got kids and, and, and you're a single parent. How are you going to handle this? They're going to watch how you handle any situation that happens in your life. And they're going to read that. And from there, their faith will grow. And they have probably have never read the Bible in their life. But their faith will increase by how you handle the situation. So for those non-believers, your faith, they, they're going to read it. Yeah. Yep. How did you um, learn to listen to God and not fear? Um, it comes with discipline. Yes. <laughs> it comes with um, practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes with patience because a lot of times um, when you're going through something, you're facing fear. You're now trying to figure out, okay, is this response, is this is Am I saying this? Is you know, is someone else saying this? So now you're trying to figure out who who is really saying this, and and who do I re, who do I react to? Um, and it comes with, like I say, patience, being patient, um, discipline is definitely a key yeah. that it's over and over again. Because have have I all the time heard that it was God speaking and done what He said? No, because I had to I had to grow to and to learn. Okay. Is this myself speaking? <laughs> you know, is you know, if this guy's speaking, or is it the enemy, or or was it the the thoughts of the conversation that I had with my friends the other night who said that I don't think you sh- you should do this? You know, are those thoughts? So we have to kind of negate and kind of push away the other thoughts. But it only comes with just um, getting alone, 
Um, yeah. A lot of times I like to just walk, um, take quiet walks when I'm alone, kind of like sounding out all the other distractions, um, kind of quiet myself. And then once I yeah. quiet myself, I can then relax and say, okay, you know, kind of repeat the situation over to yourself in your mind and say, who is this coming from? And I can say that if you get a response where you're at peace about it, then you know it's not, you know, people who speak in negative because they're not going to say anything that's peaceful to you. <laughs> you, you know, you know, it's it's coming from from God himself because he's going to give you peace in the midst of it. You're not going to be confused about it. You're not going to be second, constantly second guessing yourself about it. When we do all those things, it's like distractions. So when you hear that quiet, small voice, because it's not going to be a, a loud voice to say, Shelly, Bianca, you know, Deanna, this right here, you know, it's not going to be that loud voice. It's not going to be to the moment where you kind of quiet yourself. So when you kind of go on your quiet walks or when you're driving home from work or wherever, and you're just having you turn off the radio. You just have that moment of silence. You kind of like just have a woosa, a woosa moment. <laughs> and yeah. then you hear, you know, and you get clarity, you know, you get clarity on it. And you're you're like, OK, you know, I, I believe this. I feel this. And then that's that's God. That That's it. Yeah. He's always speaking to us. It's just a matter of us having an ear to hear what the spirit of God is saying to us. Mm -hmm. uh, like Pastor said, that was real good. You just discipline yourself and then stealing away. Mm -hmm. still away. I, I, I never forget my brother, Apostle Tony Harris. He's taught me years ago. He said, you know, when someone's ready to steal something or a thief, they quietly sneak away. When they swore, quietly sneak into something, I said, yeah. I said, that's what you do. Don't tell anybody where you're going. Quietly go to a quiet place and spend time with God. And they get to a point, I started doing that. And I missed one day. It's almost like the spirit was saying, where are you? I haven't talked to you today. Where you been? And so it'll draw you over there. But it, like Pastor Lisa was saying, it's the quiet time in the word of God. Um, I never forget the grandmother would say, a great grandmother would say, uh, something told me, you know, <laughs> to go over here. And I used to say, wow, what's that something? And when I got older, I found out it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. This is quiet voices. I know all of us experience going in a certain direction. And the spirit of God says, Turn this way. Don't go this way. Mm -hmm. and first thing we say, like what, like a, one of the seniors might say, one mind told me, you know, <laughs> this spirit of God is giving you directions. And when you're used to hearing his voice through the word of God, um, it would help you. I think it was Samuel in the Bible. Um, he heard the voice of someone calling him, Samuel. And he ran to Eli. Eli, did you call me? He said, no, I didn't. Go back to sleep. <laughs> so he's like, okay, somebody called me. And he ran to him again. Eli, Eli, did you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. So the third time when he came to him, the Holy Spirit told uh, Eli, he hears my voice, but he thinks it's you. Mm -hmm. And because the only voice he's familiar with is Eli because he was his covering. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times the Holy Spirit would speak to you in the voice of your leader or you can hear, it's going to sound weird, your own voice. Mm -hmm. When I heard to hear people say in the oldest senior say, it's going to be a familiar voice. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a voice that you're familiar with uh, and comfortable with because I always make this joke because I don't want the Lord speak to me in the voice of James Earl Jones. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to go, I want you to come here. <laughs> that would make me uncomfortable and nervous, but he was talking in my own voice and not even when 
99% of the time, it's my voice. I can hear myself, but I hear him. Yeah. It sounds so familiar. And uh, he'll give us direction, but that's, that's discipline and spending time with him. And then you ask him, but I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. When you shut things out, quiet things, some, you know, like Pastor said, maybe driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it may be uh, just sitting in your room by yourself. It's really weird. I, I would, it's going to sound weird. I can be washing my hands and running the water and whatever. And I can start hearing God. And see, you have different ways to hear from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, and so quiet time as you drive to work. Yeah. You know, no radio. You can start hearing him. And the thing about that is he, he wants to speak to you. I love it when Pastor, well, she's extremely disciplined in three, four in the morning, getting up real quiet because no one else is. God wants to talk to us. Have you ever got up in the middle of the night and said, uh, oh, I'm hungry. Let me go ahead and find something to eat. <laughs> and it's not the food that you really wanted. He wanted to talk to you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, God, right now, really? Um, <laughs> me, and, me and Bianca were having this conversation and we were, we often hear that because, you know, we all have a lot of pastor friends and they're friends of hers. And we've heard a lot of people say, um, I hear God, you know, as plain as day and I, I get direction from him. And he said, and we've said, I didn't, I didn't, he ain't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I didn't. I didn't. So I always feel like, ah, you know, I, I want to hear too. <laughs> right. Right. So very recently, um, something that I kind of hold pretty close to me, I feel I felt like I finally did, you know, hear that. And and the the message was just follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that to me, like life changing. Because I think we're so quick to kind of share with other people. Um, not to say that you shouldn't, but you were so quick to share with other people, like I'm going through this and, you know, things are looking a little shaky at work. You know, I think it's always good to have that voice of reason. And Deanna and Bianca definitely tend to be that for me uh-huh. um, to not panic. But, you know, I think you do have to take a step back and take that, that long drive by yourself. Don't tell nobody, don't get, don't get an opinion yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Take that first from, from God. Or, or whatever thought, you know, yeah. you hear. Yeah. And it's interesting, we're talking about it, like, right before you guys got on, the I was like, so how was your day? And I was like, I had better. <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, so sometimes taking that moment just to sit back and just reflect and, and be quiet about it, you know, gives you that um, moment of clarity or voice of God to be like, don't even worry. And I, you know, I think that was a thought that passed through my head. I thought it was me though. <laughs> I like, like, don't even worry about it. I'm like, all right, you know, like, you know, stress myself out. I'm, I'm fine now. You know? yeah. So, and it's not a long conversation God will have with you either. No, like your girlfriend, your buddy friend. He's like God. He'll say something to me, and I go like, "What did you say?" He said, "You heard me." In my own way, right? I'm like, "Cause he has a sense of humor too." And like, "Yeah, you heard me." And I go like, "Okay." Because if I said, "What you say, God?" I'm really saying to him, "Say it again." I don't really believe you. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, I heard him. I heard him." And yeah. uh, real soft. And when he said, "You know." Mm-hmm. You're gonna know it's him, even through a preacher or even through a friend. You could be in a car driving, 
and there's an answer you need from God, a word from him, a song will come on, and the words that you need to hear jumps out. Out of the whole song, two words come out. Yeah. Be still. You're like, yeah. oh, no, God, that's it. That's the word. And so just uh, trust in him, and he knows. He knows how to speak to you and what to speak to you. Yeah. Through. Typically, it's repeated messages. Like yeah. typically, if I'm hearing something a few uh -huh. times out of the week, because you guys have said multiple times, like you know, worried about your job and layoffs and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've been hearing that, all week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I not to worry because those repeated messages are, yeah. you know, they're they're sometimes needed for you to wake up and realize that he's talking to you. Well, the same with you when you mentioned about jobs. Right, careers and not being a fear, not fear of change. Mm -hmm. We just don't want to change. Yeah. So, so complacent. Right. And yeah. so not knowing that God has better. Yes. He never brings you out of something and not bring you into something that's better. Yeah. So we just want to be okay, I'm comfortable here. And I think in a season like now that he's shaking our comfort zone. You yeah. know, get out of this because you're limit limiting me, limiting me of who I am and what I can do for you. Yeah. You know, uh, the earth is mine and everything in it and everyone in it is mine. Mm -hmm. so, um, one scripture deed that really blessed me, the Bible says, everywhere the sole of my feet shall tread, shall be mine for an inheritance. He said, wherever you go, I'm going to bless you. Yeah. So if you leave here and go to Bolingbrook, I'm going to bless you. <laughs> if you leave here and go to Kansas, if you leave here and go to Milwaukee or go to Florida or go wherever, wherever you go, just take me with you and I'm the same God, no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. And I have people waiting for you to favor you. Yeah. I think one thing for me that has, you know, been, sometimes people uh, will even like, you know, kind of make a joke kidding on the square about me is that I don't um, make rush decisions. Like I take my time. I think about it. I pray about it. You know, no matter how much angst somebody else tried to put on the situation, I'm like, mm -mm, I can't just, <laughs> I just can't make a decision like that. So even like with my medical treatments and things like that, like when I was pregnant with Zoe and they told me I had thyroid cancer and they had a small window they could operate. I said, okay, let me think about it. Everybody else was like, what is there to think about? You know, like you can have another baby. We can't have another you. And I was like, no, it, it, doesn't, it just doesn't resonate with me like that. They told me that, I had a four-week window in which they could do the surgery. I was like in week one of four. So I said, so I got three weeks to make a decision. So <laughs> I, I said, what if my life assignment was just to have this baby and that was it? And or, you know, and I'm like, and I would be at peace with that if that's what God tells me to not do the surgery, have the baby, and you know, everybody don't have to say goodbye to you. But, you know, her life is going to continue on or whatever. I was like, if if that's the answer I get, I'm fine with that. If I get the answer to go ahead with the surgery, we both going to make it. I'm fine with that. But right now, I haven't gotten the answer on which way to go. So I'm just going to take some time <laughs> and really? wait. You know? And um, and even with my second diagnosis, I was like, I want a second opinion. I want to weigh my options. I want to, you know you know, vet this thing out and, and see exactly what it is that I should do, what God wants me to do. And again, you know, 
uh, Bianca was like, she said, like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you get a second opinion. She's like, if, if I got that type of news, I probably just would do whatever they told me to do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, you know, ultimately, you know, doctor, nurse, whoever, they, they have their capacity and they are who they are. But, you know, there's there's a higher authority that really has the final say or should govern what I should do and how I should do it. And there's a couple other people that I got to check in with, like Pastor Lisa. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, um, I feel like that being able to, um, like, be patient and wait to hear and get instruction is uh, a gift from God. So... I don't, um, I don't take it lightly. Like probably one of the scriptures that I really, really hold fast to is to be anxious for nothing and everything with prayer and supplication. So I'm like, just because you try to rush me into making a decision or rush me into choosing a care team or any of that, it's like, no. And if, if me taking my time doesn't fit with your schedule, then you're not the right person to take care of me in the first place. So, <laughs> um, but sometimes that that drives angst people around me because they're like, she just she just not gonna get in a hurry for nothing. I'm like, she not. So <laughs> she sure is not. Um, a gift, <laughs> a gift of just being patient, and, and there's people praying for that. There's people praying for the grace to be patient. Uh, I, I used to wonder in the 30 years, me and this beautiful lady have been married, why nothing ever bothers you? I'm like cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. I'm all over the place. <laughs> and I, I'm really, I am. And, and she says, I said, you're not concerned? You're not bothered? No, I, I am. But one of us got to be calm. <laughs> and I go like, oh, okay. That, that makes sense. And so... Uh, yeah, that's, that's a grace. Uh, everybody don't have that grace. People are pray, praying daily for patience, uh, not being anxious, not being uh, allowing anxiety to push them in a the direction that they shouldn't go in. So that is a blessing from God. I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm one of those people. I get anxious. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I, look, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, nothing shakes me to the core. I'm, you know, this perfect being but i i get anxious like yeah. you know, same here yeah i, I, I had something funny. recently come up and i called the girls and i'm like <laughs> tears running down my face and the other's like uh you know like hey this is what we're gonna do <laughs> or mm -hmm. whatever and shelly too and i'm like okay and then, but after that i was cool, cool yeah. was a number, but like sometimes It'd be that moment of anxious and fear and anxiety that gets you so overwhelmed that you're like, how how can I get past this? Um, like for me in 2019, you know, losing my spouse, it was like, it ain't no way I'm getting through this. That's it. Nope. So like, how do you, when something big happens, because Deanna's talked about her diagnosis, you guys have talked about your diagnosis, when something big like that happens, how do you keep the faith? I, I would say when there's something like that, try to uh, that it's tragedy take place in your life. Uh, it's more importantly hanging around 
people with positive attitude and positive spirit, but I will go to any spiritual leader you have and just share. I think more importantly, open up and share exactly how you feel. If it means cry, if it means yell, if it means whatever, let that feeling out, let them know the, how you feel and then allow them to just minister to you, talk to you, encourage you, uh, hang around people, your girlfriends, you, you have a group, a wonderful group. It's gonna take more than just the pastor, uh, you're going to need friends. You're going to need everyone's other people to surround you with positive energy to help you. Um, so you wouldn't feel like you're by yourself because you're never, he's Bible said he's never leaving nor forsake you. Then you keep people around you and make sure they continue to comfort you, encourage you, check with you. You know, I often hear people say a lot of times when someone's in a hospital, right? Listen, call me if you need me. No, no they're in the hospital. <laughs> you call them, right? right. Uh, they need you. They're, they're in, the, in the hospital. And so when, when that happens, God, pray for, to God that God will send you strength. And he will send people to you to encourage you, uplift you. Uh, you never get over it, but you'll get on with it. Mm -hmm. And God will help you with that strength. He would definitely, we've done many funerals, and I'll never tell people not to be hurt or, or what have you, or cry or whatever, but he's a burden bearer. He would lift those burdens. He's a yoke destroyer. He will lift burdens up you. Has anyone ever had a situation where you were just totally out of it? You cried and gushed and cried and gushed. And then just spending time with God in prayer and just changing that, the tears and to thank you, that he just literally lift the burden away and just, he just dried up the tears. Like You're like, wait a minute, I don't even have any more tears left. He had dried up. It comes with just knowing that he's a comforter. Yeah. Uh, and he, he truly is. And so in, in that situation like that, I would say just uh, go before God. Just let him know how you feel. If you're angry, if you're upset, just talk to him. And he knows. It's not like he's going to say, don't you be able to let me. He knows, <laughs> he knows how you feel. He, and he's going to embrace you uh, and comfort you in the midst of all of it. And I found that to be so true. I've had my moments where I'm mad at you. He's like, okay. Mm -hmm. you love, being mad at me, I still love you. And I think overall, too, is to take, um, especially Bianca, too, take one day at a time. Yeah. Um, my dad um, has passed. It's been over seven years, and I still think about it. I, I told my husband, I he was in a car one day, and I was in a grocery store getting all the groceries. And I had practically all of my groceries in the buggy until I hit this one aisle, and I looked over to the right. It was a bag of ginger snap cookies. And I grabbed the bag and I snapped. Oh, wow. I started crying. I started bawling. I called him. I was like, come get me now. And I just left the, the grocery cart right in the middle of the store. And you know why I snapped? Because that was my dad's favorite. Mm. And it was hard to find those cookies. And I just happened to be going down the aisle and I looked over and there those cookies were. And I just like threw the cookies back, left the buggy. I was like, I, I had a moment. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, in, in the midst of that moment, um, I cried and released. And after that, I felt better. So day by day, it was even just this past December was his birthday. And I saw some pictures and I was thinking about him, went to the um, cemetery. And it's like I cried all over again as if it was like day one, you, you, you know, and and someone would say, well, how do you get better? And no, no one can tell a person right. how long to mourn. Right. Taking me time, but the thing is, day by day, it gets better. 
And that's how it was for me. It gets better day by day. And even in the midst of me, this past December, going to the graveside, what I found, um, my faith overrides my fear is that when I got home later that evening, it's something that I do before I went to bed, I have a journal. And I begin to write in my gratitude journal that I was grateful for even going to the gravesite that day, you, you, you know, just and then be, even begin to think of all the memories that I had with my dad. So even for some people, just writing in the journal. Um, and that for me, that was one of the things that helps me cope. And like I say, it's day by day. And of course, all the memories and things will come. I'll have a moment where I cry. And then I think each time I cry, um, it, it, it gets a little lighter. I feel a little better. And then I begin to think of all the good times, all, you know, that I've had. And so that um, one thing that helps me, too, is just the, the journaling, the gratitude. It helps a lot. And that overrides. That allows you to be honest. To yeah. Your yeah. I, I think I think like panicking and, and being having anxiety sometimes is so looked down. It's like people can't process their own feelings. It's yeah. like. Yeah, there may not be a rush to get there. Or I may be too speedy in the way that I'm thinking, but that's my way of processing. Yeah, that's right. kind of my honesty of getting through something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important too during those times to kind of be honest with yourself because, you know, if you didn't see those cookies that day, you uh-huh. know, which is kind of what started it. Yeah, you know, that probably wouldn't have gotten to that to the end point that you that you got to. So mm-hmm. I, I, that's beautiful. It's part of the journey. Yep, part of the journey. And you're human. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to. I tell people, don't be spiritual, spiritually spooky. You are human. You're gonna have human situations and things come up, and you have feelings and stuff like that. Uh, don't beat yourself up. You know, uh, encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, it's again, there's the Book of Psalms, scriptures that will encourage you. Uh, while you're going through, anyone asks me, well, what scriptures should I use for encouragement? Go to the book of Psalms, any of them. My any favorite. one of those scriptures, <laughs> it would encourage your heart. It's hundreds of them. Um, and God gave us so many scriptures for fear and overcoming fear. And so, um, like in the book, God's Prescription for Healing, I often say that when I was given the medication and I was uh, filling prescriptions, I knew what doses to put in there and how often you should take it and so on and so forth. And I'm like, the word of God is the same way, you know, take it as often as I need it. One thing about the word of God, you can't overdose. So <laughs> take as much scriptures as you want to take and continue to help build yourself up uh, in your faith. And then not only hearing the word of God, but believing it, trusting what God says. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think you had a few more uh, PowerPoints on uh, faith over fear when they give us those. Real yeah. quickly. Uh, number three is number three is believe you are who God says you are um, in the Bible. He tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So just think on those things that are good. Think on those things that are lovely. Think on those things that are kind. Think on those things, knowing that you are more than a conqueror, that you are um, going to win in the end. You know, so I think when we constantly thinking on the good things um, and believe that that you are who God says you are, that helps your fear to lessen and your faith to override. He said you're an overcomer. He said you are more than a conqueror. He said that I like when he told Gideon at the battle when Gideon had thousands of men, 
but it was a group of men that was against them that had twice as many men than Gideon had. So now he tells Gideon, you mighty man of valor. What? <laughs> we are number almost 100 to 1, but you call me a mighty man of valor? He calls you what he sees in your future. And you're saying, well, God, I'm not there yet, but I can still see you being there. I see, I see you being a conqueror. But they gave me this diagnosis, but I see you being a conqueror. So you have to believe what he said you are. He said you're a healer. You're healed. Believe it. He said you are uh, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made. If he said that you are uh, 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 the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath, the word of God will tell you exactly what he said you are. And now you have to say to yourself, do I believe what the devil say I am or do I believe what the Lord, the word of God say who I am? And that's a lot of time we have to fight sometimes from what we say we are. Mm-hmm. We have the tendency or proclivity to, to really be our worst enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God said you're strong and you're mighty and, you, and you're like, no, I'm not strong. God <laughs> said you're strong and you're mighty. No, I'm not strong. And you'll repeat it over and over again. And just you keep hearing it, you keep saying it, you become uh, weak. But he said, even when you're weak, I'm strong. So be in me. And yeah. so... Yeah, but believing in what he says, he said, mighty man of valor, go. And Gideon said, Look, hold on, I got 300 men. They got about 20-some, 30-some thousand. But you called me a mighty man of valor. So if you call me that, that's who I am. And happy to start yeah. saying whatever God say I am. Uh, remember, I preached something years ago, Deanna, that says, he say, she say, but what did God say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People don't say this. You won't even say it. But what did God say? And since what God says is going to last forever, then forget about it, what everybody else say. Okay. And four- and the fourth one is pray for faith over fear. And praying for faith over fear, that's just something that you're doing on a daily basis. That's something that you make a habit of. That's something that you're doing um, consistent with. Um, it becomes a part of your lifestyle. So in your, your daily time, in your daily conversation, in your journaling, um, keep repeating the things that are good, keep repeating the things that are positive, keep re- repeating um, what's what's in the book of Psalms, those things that will bring life to you. Okay. And the last one was- um, Listen to God. No, the, before that, I'll pray for faith yeah. over fear. Yeah, that's right. And um, that's a tab it on that. Uh, having in, in your prayers, have you, ever, have you ever told God before in your prayers, God, I need you to increase my faith? Yeah, I said it before. Mm-hmm. I said it too. Have you ever said God increased my faith and then trouble come? Mm-hmm. Like, God, I didn't ask for trouble. Did you not hear me? I said increase my faith, and He says yes. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna allow trouble to come, so now you can trust me even more. Yeah. And through the trials, you're gonna your faith will increase in me. It seems like the larger the the, the the trial is, we try to measure our faith to match the trial. And he said, if you only have faith of a grain of a size of a mustard seed. Mm-hmm. But guess what I told God, Dion? The Lord, I'm going to be honest with you, that's all I got anyway. Right? <laughs> Boy, that's all I have. He said, that's all you need. And we have a tendency, again, to try to measure our faith up with our circumstance. He didn't ask us to do that. He said, I want a little faith. Just a little bit. Not even a mustard seed, but a grain of it. And I said, Lord, to be truth be told, that's all I got anyway. All right. And so he said, that's what, I just need something to work with. All right. So uh, having faith in God's word, believing this word, have faith in that everything he says, 
The Bible said all of the promises of God in him is yes and amen. Amen means it's, uh, uh, I approve it and, and that settles it. Uh, and listen to God's and not fear. The devil's going to talk. Fear's going to talk. He's going to try to imitate the word of God. That's why it's important that you hear the word of God and have an ear to hear what the spirit of God is saying to you. His job is to try to, I was talking about unity in the faith in our church as the Bible talks about how the enemy devil was trying to transform himself. You ever met someone you said, oh man, she is so nice and found out she was not what she thought, what you thought she was. You were here transforming yourself into a person to make you think that person is really nice. But at the same time, uh, uh, he will sound just like the enemy will try to sound like Jesus. Like, you mean, girl, if I was you, I'd go get him. No, that's not what the, it sounds like. I would try to retaliate too. Like, what that voice? It'd be real soft. Well, you know that ain't God, but I mean, he would try to imitate the voice of God for you all. So what's important is, as Pastor Lisa said earlier, that quiet meditating time and getting used to hearing his voice uh, the way he talks to you, because he's not going to talk to you the way he talked to Deanna or my other sisters. He's going to talk the way you're comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. And so getting to know his voice, the Bible said, my sheep knows my voice. And the stranger name and I follow. Years ago, I had a church. Deanna, you remember, I had everybody mm-hmm. to, uh, I told them, uh, I want everybody to stand up. When you hear me say stand up, I want the entire church to stand up. Is that hard? Oh, that's easy. We can do that, Pastor. We got that. We got that. When you hear me say stand up. And so um, I said, close your eyes and have a seat. Everybody did the same thing. And so I tiptoed to the back of the church. I had someone else go to the pulpit. And I said, now everybody stand up. And a few people with their eyes closed, they stood up because they said, they were focusing on me saying, when you hear me say stand up. Mm-hmm. They wasn't focusing on hearing my voice. Yeah. I and mean, they stood up, half the church stood up, and I was like, don't sit, stand, remain standing. And they looked back and said, Pastor, you back there? Yes. The Bible said, my sheep knows my voice. The devil will try to imitate the voice of God. You have to be close enough to God to hear his voice and know, no, never, that's a lie. That's not God. Mm-hmm. Knowing for yourself. So you got to have an ear and ask God. And the only way you have to eat, an ear to hear is through the word, hearing the word. You see what the word says. It doesn't agree with the word, then it's not God. Those are my five tons of scriptures. I'll give it to you day later. <laughs> Listen, you know, my dad watches our podcast, and he is while he doesn't go to church, he's definitely he reads the Bible a lot. So, mm-hmm. I, so talking to him, he you know, and we've had conversations about the Bible and different scriptures. And he would hear stuff, and he's like, "No, that's not what it is." So he's yeah. enjoy at home when he hears this. I know he's like, "Get in!" <laughs> it's <Yeah. nice. laughs> I'm sure he will enjoy enjoy you guys as we have. Yes, we thank you again so much for being here, um, Bianca or Shelley. Did you have a final question? No, I'm good. Okay. I thought you guys were great. Oh, I do have a final question. Final question. 
Um, so we have a show coming up that we hope that you guys will attend and be on. We're going to do kind of like a newlyweds game, couples game. <laughs> um, and I think that you guys would do absolutely great in that. And there's a prize. So hopefully you guys can come back for that. Praise okay. God. Thank you, ladies, Thank for having you. us. And we pray <laughs> blessings upon you all. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And before you, before we put you backstage again, um, just uh, again, say the name of the church and the address for anybody want to come and visit and check us out. Well, the name of our church is Temple of Deliverance, Life Changing Ministry. It's uh, the address is 1053 North Costner Avenue, Chicago, on the west side of Chicago. And our service is 1145 every Sunday morning. And we are a Bible college as well. We are fully accredited Bible school. And now uh, we are online at Temple of Deliverance Bible Institute. And uh, we'd love to have you be a part of Deanna's church. <laughs> <laughs> and may we have the names of your books again and where people can find them. Oh. Yes. The name of our book, my book is Faith in My Corner, No One Fights Alone. Oh, I don't think you can see that. Um, and then Apostle's book is God's Prescription for Healing. And you can actually find both, both on Amazon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, thanks again for joining us today. Um, we hope to have you back again, you know, many, many times. I know there's many topics that you could uh, shed light on for us, but we love you. We thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Helpful. And then wait 30 seconds. Well, that was absolutely amazing. Indeed. I hope <laughs> that. You know, one takeaway is that I just I want people who don't necessarily rely on the Bible all the time to hear um, what they can do and steps that they can do to get closer to God. Um, I'm always thinking about them in my mind when we have these type of conversations, because I think that it's so important for those people that don't have it to rely on it. And I think that everyone's at different stages, you know what yeah. I mean? So I don't want... Um, myself or anyone else to feel like, oh, well, I must not have faith or I must not, you know, uh, believe. And like Apostle said, you only need faith the size of a mustard seed. So mm -hmm. um, it's, Everybody you know. Everybody has it. Huh? Everybody has it. Right. Everybody has it. <laughs> we're all we're all learning and growing and have room for expansion and capacity to Absolutely. you know love more, faith more, do more. So it's a process. Everybody's journey is their own and Absolutely. Yeah. So There's until no we meet again, everybody, keep it brewing. Keep it brewing. Keep it brewing. <laughs>